Are you ready? They think you can tell us what to do. You think you can tell us what to wear. You think that you're better. Well, you better get ready. Bow to the masters. Break it down. DFS Degen Nation, what is up? What is happening? We're back again. We're back at it. It's week 10. Ready to get this money. Woo! Your usual host, Ryan Alexander underscore W is where you can find me on Twitter, Ryan Williams' name. I'm joined by my usual co-host, Kevin Steele at Fantasy Rat 13 And we are happy and excited to welcome first-time guest of the podcast, Mr. Derek Brown himself. You can find him on Twitter at dbro underscore ffb. And if you don't know who this guy is, then you are doing it wrong. Go follow him on Twitter right now. He holds it down for the Quan Edge TQE. Back-to-back weeks for a, a TQE member here. Derek, how you doing? What's going on, guys? Thank y'all for having me. Look, I, I'm excited. Uh, long-time listener, first-time uh, guest. So, uh, <laughs> look, I'm ready to chop it up, man. And like I said, before we turn on these mics, I mean, anytime I get on here and uh, continue Maddie's tradition as a, as a guest, as a as a co-host, and give Kev a little bit of crap in the process, it's it's good times, man. Man, I'm I'm just happy to have you on and, and real recognized, real. You know what I'm saying? Like Kev's been sitting here, he's in that cushy seat, and I'm just happy that somebody <laughs> can can light a fire under his ass. All right, because he's been he he's been struggling this year. You know what I'm saying? So we got we got you got to correct him. And uh, and and get it right. Hey, man, I'm ready to bring the fire. Let's have some fun. <laughs> Kev, any words? I'm gonna drop just the, gonna sit there and be quiet. No, I'm gonna drop the motherfucking hammer on this podcast. Just wait. <laughs> oh, we got an MF from Kev Steele, of course. It's episode 66, guys, and and week 10 is upon us. And and we were talking in in the pre-show here. You know, we got a very interesting slate, very fun slate. There's injuries that are that are upon us as we're recording this right now uh, on a Wednesday night. We usually record midweeks, so we don't have the full slate as it will be come you know Friday night, Saturday night when most people are building their lineups, and then of course Sunday morning. But we can you know do our early dive in here as we usually do and kind of you know make make address the slate as it is and um it it is going to be fun because of the way that pricing has has kind of shaped up and with some high price guys being out Le'Veon Bell that is um looking to miss so uh, so I'm excited to talk about this slate and dive in but uh you know Derek before we dive in just kind of talk to the people about kind of what work you're doing and, and and what they can you know what goodness they can get from following you um on twitter and following your work over at tqe and other places yeah man so um i mean i'm always on twitter probably more than any grown man should ever be 24 7 um so yeah check me out on twitter at dbro underscore ffb but um i mean i throw out little stat nuggets try to get the videos try to get my sarcasm out there in the space um as far as all my work for the quant edge uh i write for fantasy data too it's mostly my dynasty content but all my in-season stuff for the Quant Edge, either season-long or um, DFS-wise, 
I have two weekly articles that come out. Uh, my 10 stats article should drop uh, tonight or tomorrow. Uh, and my wide receiver cornerback article usually comes out on Friday or Saturday. So, uh, I mean, really, I try to dive into everything, man. Looking at totals, looking at all kinds of different things uh, from matchups, perspectives, and wide receivers, and really just so you can apply all this different stuff, whether you play in DFS, whether you play in season long, and just go out and, and wreck some people, man. Absolutely. We we definitely love hearing that, and that's where we're at about here at the D-Gen Nation. We got a ton of D-Gens who, who've been following along the pod, and, and, man, we just, you know, talking about every slate, talking about the showdown slate for tonight. It's Thursday night. I said Wednesday night earlier, but, yeah, actually Thursday night this week's flying by, and, uh, you know, talking about early slates, talking about, the main slates, uh, prime time. It's it's just all. I mean, that's what we do. We just we just are here trying to get in every slate as we can. As we said, it's week ten, so only a couple more slates left before the playoffs even roll around, which is crazy. So let's dive into the slate and and really talk about you know what what we're what we're looking at here. And and I really think you know it has to start with the with the two games that have the highest over under totals, and that's the Atlanta New Orleans game and then the Arizona Tampa Bay game. Um, and it really comes down to like what for me at least. What are we doing with this Tampa Bay situation here? Because it seems like every week we're getting either Mike Williams or Chris Godwin kind of being a staple piece in what would be a lineup that would take down a GPP. And and it's just ridiculous. And and usually we're able to say, okay, it's a Chris Godwin week. It's a Mike Evans week back and forth. Um, And and you guys might have a a grasp on who it is, but like last week, I thought it was going to be a Chris Godwin week and it was Mike Evans again, back to back week. So uh, he's been amazing. Chris Godwin's been amazing and, and they're priced up accordingly. And that, you know, obviously that, that makes me want to target a guy like James Winston who gets a pretty soft matchup here in the Arizona defense who can't really stop anybody right now. And we know Jameis is going to throw. And as we talked about last week, you know, just even taking Jameis with these two receivers who are kind of priced in that $7,000 range, like you feel like you have a pretty safe floor that you're giving your team there with Jameis and Godwin and Evans, because all of the targets are going there. Now I know a lot of people are going to talk about the tight end position, uh, this week, and I've heard it already with OJ Howard practicing in full, and how bad Arizona's been at tight ends. And if Jameis can get him the can get him the ball, he could you know pop out on the slate. But I, I definitely love getting exposure to the Tampa Bay side of the passing attack. So Jameis Winston there at quarterback, uh, Lamar Jackson at the top at seventy three hundred. Uh, what can this guy not do? Uh, just basically pants New England on primetime TV, uh, and and it doesn't even look like that when you when you see okay I, he threw for one hundred sixty three yards. But, you know, got a touchdown there, two rushing touchdowns and and basically just made a mockery of this defense that has basically been putting up 15 plus points, it seems like, on DK. So he has a really safe floor and I I love him in cash games. putting up 152 rushing yards against the Cincinnati defense before he's going to be rolling out Ryan Finley and and just Cincinnati playing for nothing right now. Um, it is on the road, but I, I still love Lamar Jackson. Um, and then I guess, you know, we, we can talk about some of these cheap end quarterbacks, you know, and Matt Ryan, we, I was saying Atlanta and New Orleans, uh, I'd, I'd much rather have Breeze there, but you know, Breeze is, Breeze is the fourth highest priced quarterback on DK and I do love him, but the, it just scares me because Atlanta's really playing for 
for nothing right now. Matt Ryan's been banged up. I'm not sure how he's going to come back and bounce back, but if they get up to an early lead, I'd much rather take a running back in that position, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But, um, you know, scrolling down at quarterback, listen, I was on him last week. It did not pay off in any way, shape, or form, but Mitchell Trubisky at 5,100, I'm going to be getting to him again. Um, and it's just the way that Detroit's been playing teams this this year. I, you know, you're thinking, okay, so Detroit's on the road. We know Stafford loves to throw. They get up big. Like, it's going to be on Mitchell again. And I do love David Montgomery this week. I will have a ton of him. But at 5,100, like, listen, he's had two 20-point DK games on the season already. He's had, or one or no, two, two, two. And uh, he's had back to back just absolutely shitty, horrendous weeks. But I'm looking at the attempts and he 35 times against the Chargers, 21 times against Philly. Um, he, he still has an upside, I feel like. And you don't, you know, you're pairing him with the Taylor Gabriel, who's cheap. Um, Allen Robinson is priced down. You don't have to take the tight end. Hell, if you want to just say, let me get Trubisky and uh, David Montgomery on the team too. I wouldn't hate you for that because that's only 10K of your total salary. So I'll be going back to Trubisky this week in a matchup. I feel like he should have to at least still have some of the, the offense on his shoulders. Um, Derek, I'll toss it to you being the guest. What are you seeing early on this week in the slate and where are you going at the quarterback position? I mean, I think anytime that Lamar Jackson puts on cleats, same thing with Patrick Mahomes, they got to be in play. I mean, there's just no way that you can't have some type of exposure or at least look at you know, possibly jamming them in there. Right now, Mahomes is practicing in full, so it looks like he's going to give it a go. If he doesn't, Matt Moore is still in a good I know it's not sexy, but, I mean, um, I don't even know what his price is because I haven't even looked him up yet because I was thinking Patty was going to roll this week. But um, Lamar Jackson, man, I mean, you could even run him naked. This Cincinnati defense is absolutely god-awful. I mean, when you want to look at whether he throws, whether he runs, I mean, they're 31st and 32nd in explosive play rates versus run and pass. So it doesn't matter whether he's throwing the ball or running the ball. Dude's going to put it up. I think he put a fit one, what, a buck 50 against them last time on the ground uh, off the top of my head. So, I mean, he's going to put it up, man. The guy's going to sit here and score some points. As far as the other quarterbacks, I mean, you went to Winston and, and Murray. I love that game. I think you could stack both sides of that game. I want a lot of exposure to that game. That, that Those two defenses are giving up the first and second most point, DK points to opposing quarterbacks. So I think you could stack either side of that game. Uh, Breeze is definitely, if you're going to look at that Atlanta and New Orleans game, he's the quarterback that I want to go to because Matt Ryan, look, it, his ankle, like you talked about it, Falcons aren't playing for anything, man. It, it, Matt Ryan could start this game and die in the middle of it. And what are you going to be left if you got a lot of the weapons on the Atlanta side? So I like Breeze more because if you're going to go after Atlanta, it's not on the ground. I know that's been the narrative in past years, like you could run and then the, the running backs catch passes this is quietly a top 10 run defense this year. And so I don't know if a lot of people are aware of that. So if I'm going to look at that game, it's going to be Breeze and his pass catchers, and that's how I'm going to attack that game, and it's not going to be the running backs. Because Alvin Kamara, we still don't know. I know he's practicing in full now, but we still don't know what that's going to look like considering Latavius Murray just engaged God mode over the last two weeks. So could that look a little more split with the Saints team that is looking more towards the playoffs? And, man, if they're going to – go for rings and they're going for the Super Bowl, you need Kamara to be healthy. So why are you going to run him out there for 80% of the snaps on a dude that you know is not totally healthy right now? So I, I get attacking that. As far as going down in quarterbacks, I like Matty Stafford, man. The dude has been putting it up. I mean, the guy has thrown for the most deep attempts in the league this year. I know they're going against the Bears, and I think that that could put a lot of people off of Stafford, regardless of what he's done this year. 
And what he's done has been chucking the deep ball and and really putting up some points, man. The dude is having his best season since Calvin Johnson was still uh, putting a jersey on. So I like Stafford right there, and I think there are ways that you could be with his pass catchers. We'll get to the wide receivers and tight ends later, but I think there's ways that you could be different off the field if you're looking at Stafford. Chicago, I mean, look, if you look at DVOA and stuff like that, they're top of the league. I'm not going to sit here and doubt anybody on that. But Chicago is very good at certain areas, and that's how they limit people. You don't throw against a Mukamara. You just don't do it, man. They got another guy on the other side that's been just jacking people up, and that's Marvin Jones. Same. Going against Kyle Fuller, that dude has been a sieve this year, man. Like they, He's been giving up points to everybody. So I think Marvin Jones, who, who is a wide receiver that can win very well versus man and press, and that's what kind of defense the, the Bears are rolling these days, I think that Stafford could have a very nice day, and not a lot of people are going to attack that. If you go down even further, I talked about Matty Ice. I'm not looking to play him because I'm afraid he'll die in the middle of the contest, and then you end up, you know, any lineups you got that, you may basically just will burn your money. But the lowest guy that I'm looking to go to is probably Daniel Jones at 5,700. I know it's not sexy. I know it's not nice. But, dude, like, he is basically the watered-down version. I know he has not done a ton since that Tampa game, and he came out and people were like, oh, man. You know, maybe he's not total crap, but we got to just reverse our narratives. This dude's been a watered-down version of this year's Josh Allen. I mean, he's been showing you a rushing floor. He's had a few games where he's rushed for 30 or more yards. He's willing to chuck the ball deep. I know that a lot of his weapons are out this week. I know Evan Ingram's not there, but we're going to get to his pass catchers, man. There's a lot of cheap options that you can attach to Daniel Jones going against a Jets defense and a secondary that is absolutely god-awful. Like, we talk about how, like, the Dolphins are trying to tank. The Jets are actually trying to win games, and they just can't do it because they suck so damn bad. Okay, so that has to be thrown out there. Plus, this is a New York versus New York game. You think that Pride isn't thrown in there too? Like this dude's trying to sit here and put it up in his home, uh, like in his city, and show people that he's not garbage and he can beat the Jets. So uh, Daniel Jones is a guy that I, I really. The more I dive in and we see how this slate kind of evolves going towards Sunday, man, to looking for quarterback values when. I mean, we talked about it before we turned the mics on. There's not a whole lot of ways to pay down and really feel comfortable about it. Daniel Jones is about the only guy that I see down there that has like a, a really legitimate ceiling. Like he could throw for 300 yards in the matchup that he has against him. So, but uh, Kev, I, I, I got to hear you, your thoughts on, on, on the QBs here because you've been sitting back probably just chomping at the bit here we're almost 15 minutes in and i haven't heard much out of you yet yeah well i'm just letting you guys get your uh takes out so i can uh, you know at least let people know who they should actually play this week so oh okay Kev. oh there we Let's go start the fire anyways anyways first of all 100 no doubt about it lamar jackson whether you play him naked whether you play him with marquise brown in a stack um i would not run it back on that one but i think you, i think lamar jackson even like i said naked is is the absolute play he's had at least 14 rushing attempts in his last four games uh the best best matchup he's gonna get cincinnati almost uh and only eight games have allowed almost 400 yards rushing which the next closest is like 250 to them um, so th- this is absolutely a spot to attack. Um, it, I, I do think that trying to figure out who to stack him with, I don't think it is. I, I think it go all different directions. I mean, whether it's a tight end, whether it's, you know, whether it's Marquise Brown, um, I, 
I, I would prefer just to play him naked, uh, to be honest with you. He kind of feels like, uh, you know, a couple years ago, Cam Newton. That's kind of how we like to play him. And I think that's what you can do with Lamar Jackson in this match. $7,300. Uh, he is expensive. I don't think there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be able to get up to him because a lot of people want to play the high-priced running backs this week. So Lamar Jackson is 100% in play. Um, you talked about Patrick Mahomes. He's definitely going to play this week. That was always the plan for him to return this week. And so I, I think that their ownership is not going to be as high as what, what, what it probably should be, uh, especially on the road against Tennessee, where some people think that Tennessee's defense is is decent. And so I think 7K, where you can easily stack him with Sammy Watkins or Tyreek Hill or Travis Kelsey, there's so many different options there. Um, and I think where everybody wants to play the Drew Brees or the Matt Ryans or the J- Jameis Winstons or the Kyler Murrays, Patrick Mahomes is going to get forgot about. And I think that's a big, big mistake. He's a slate breaker. And at 7K, I 100% uh, want to play him. And then, like, you know, you guys kind of talked about Jameis. Obviously, this this game between the, the Cardinals has one of the highest totals on the slate, uh, the, the highest implied point totals. So I, I totally understand. Like, if I'm playing Jameis Winston this week, I think this is a Godwin week. Uh, Arizona is terrible against short passing, and I think that this is where Chris Godwin uh, eats this week. I think you see Patrick Peterson uh, cover and follow uh, Mike Evans all over the field. So if I'm going to stack James Winston with anybody, it's 100% Chris Godwin this week. It feels like a Chris Godwin week, bounce back week. My issue with Kyler Murray is, uh, yes, Tampa Bay is uh, terrible against the pass, or excuse me, against the run, or against the pass. <laughs> I said that right the first time. Yeah, but my problem yeah. with, with Kyler Murray is his, uh, mm-hmm. is his absolutely anemic uh, average depth of target. He has not been a, he has not been a good passer yeah. this year. Uh, I think his average depth of target ranks 33rd among all quarterbacks um, over the last four weeks, and which has really hurt them because I really Really want to because uh, Tampa Bay struggles big time against uh, stopping de- uh, passes deep, and I think that if I was going to play Kyler Murray, I would have to stack him with Christian Kirk, who is a who is a. Uh tremendous value this week at I think at $5,200 I really like that but it's really really hard to trust Kyler Murray in this because we know how good they are against the run and I, I just don't know if Kyler Murray can can uh, pay off that price tag at $6,500 and, and really air it out because we just haven't seen that from them all year and so I think that's the risk with him now with Matt Ryan if, if Matt Ryan's gonna have significantly ownership I'm going to hammer Matt Ryan 6,100 Matt Ryan he has thrown for 300 yards in every single game this year he has had two weeks weeks to rest or actually by the time he plays it'll be damn near three weeks uh, to rest his ankle I think he's absolutely fine he doesn't have to practice he's been in this offense long enough that none of those things are concerned with me I think um, people forget how good this offense is and uh, the history they have with the Saints. I mean, he torched them last year with basically the same exact defense they have now and threw for 370 yards and I think three or four touchdowns the first game, threw for 350 yards the second game with two touchdowns. I absolutely love this. I think now with Mohamed Sanu gone, I think you see concentrated target share, whether that be with Julio Jones. Uh, There is nobody on New Orleans that can stop Julio. Julio's always torched the the Saints, uh, whether it's Marshawn Lattimore, whatever they do. I think last year, I believe they put Marshawn Lattimore on Calvin Ridley uh, the entire game and shattered him with him and then double-covered Julio, but I don't care. And I think you can also play him with um, uh, with Austin Hooper as well. But I'm going to hammer if, if $6,100 Matt Ryan at New Orleans. I'll take that all day uh, if his ownership is going to be that suppressed because people are afraid of the ankle. I'm not afraid of that. He's had long enough to you know come back from that. And with where they're at, if he wasn't ready, I don't think they'd put him out there. Other than that, I, there's really nobody else I want to play that's further than that. If you really want to get cute, maybe Sam Darnold, who's going to have no ownership in a great matchup, but I don't love that whatsoever. And everybody else I think is trash. Ryan Hannell is going to be the biggest trap of this week with people wanting to pay down, thinking that they're going against Kansas City's defense and, and they want to play Tannehill. That's going to be a big disaster. I 
I love Chiefs defense this week, and there's no way in hell anybody could talk me into playing uh, Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> had right, to get Jeff, the well, Bears hate in there at the very end. Oh, uh, he had to. He had to. Well, Kevin didn't play Jacob Hollister last week either, so we don't know how that ended up. But, um, but yeah, no, I mean, uh, Kev's on to something here with this the Saints-Falcons thing, especially if Ryan's ownership is going to be digressed, because I think they have, like, in the since 2014, they have like five or six games. I can't remember the stat, but that have gone over 50. Um, so uh, total over under. So like points are going to be scored in this game. And and we know, especially with Muhammad Sanu gone now, like Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones, Austin Hooper log out as far as targets in that Atlanta team go. So, so uh, Ryan, Ryan can definitely pay off some dividends in GPPs. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, yeah, Daniel Jones. I mean, I, you know, I don't mind Sam Darnold uh, on the other side of this game, too. Um, it, it, it seems weird because Le'Veon's supposed to or expected to miss. But like so is Evan Ingram on the other side and, and Sterling Shepard possibly, too. So like this could be kind of similar to what we saw last week with the Jets going against Miami and where like it is two ugly teams just going against each other. And like, you know, you could just see points come in, in weird ways. Like Fitzpatrick ended up getting there for some people that like rolled him out there um, in some lineups, hitting Preston Williams and Devontae Parker. Um, like I still like Robbie Anderson in this matchup. Uh, Crowder's still going to be there. Um, Herndon should be back this week. So like Darnold and then, and then we'll see who they're going to be rolling out there at running back. But like, I still like Darnold's upside as far as passing goes um, in this game too, at only 5,800 GPPs only, of course, that I'd be targeting him. Um, And then yeah, Pat Mahomes ownership. I definitely want to monitor that on what it ends up being right now. It looks like he's going to be the third highest price or third highest, third highest owned um, fantasy pros ownership. That's where they have them right there. Breeze at the top and then Lamar Jackson. Um, those are the only guys actually projected at double digit ownership right now. So from the, what must be the Thursday to Monday slate, um, Jameis and then Kyler come in at 6% ownership. So pretty significant drop off. Is there anything else we need to touch on here at quarterback before we move on guys? No, I think we're going to hit it. Let's let's go, let's go on then. Let's let's move on to running back because this is a fun position to talk about. So we got Christian McCaffrey finally priced up to where he probably should be. Still too cheap. At still 10, too five. cheap. Still um, too cheap. Go, still, I mean, it's it's too cheap. He's he's ten five. Um, he basically does everything. He's a running back and a wide receiver both in in the same position. I mean, look look at this. Like even with three targets or three catches, four catches, four catches, six catches, like. 40 DK points, 30 DK points, 21, 50, 33, 30. That seven game against Tampa, which seems like an anomaly now because they were just, you know, we were learning about Tampa's run defense and Cam was getting banged up. So that was just an ugly game all around for Carolina. And then 45 in week one, like he is so matchup proof. And this is probably one of the best matchups for running backs that we're going to get at. Yes, it is in Green Bay, but um, he, uh, this guy, how do you, you can't fade this guy. So I, I don't want to hear about people making, you know, 20 max, 150 max lineups and not getting Christian McCaffrey exposure. That's just ridiculous. But uh, we got Saquon Barkley, who they've kind of mirrored each other in pricing. And now he's uh, $1,700 less this week going against the going against the Jets on the road. And, and like I said, with Evan Ingram expected to miss 
are going to miss. And then Shepard expected to miss like Saquon could be asked to do a lot there. And at that $8,800 price tag, I, I really like that. Um, Derek, I know you talked about Kamara kind of not being somebody you want to target, but like this Atlanta team, when they faced, um, good running backs, that is, um, you know, they, they, good running backs have been able to get over on him. I mean, Marlon Mack, yeah, he had 70 and one, but you know, Dalvin cook smashed in week one. We saw, um, Chris Carson almost get there to the 100 yard bonus and then a touchdown, um, girly situation there. We're not too happy about that. Um, David Johnson, but you know, Marlon Mack and Carlos Hyde and, and these guys, like people were still kind of getting there and they're actually giving up a ton of touchdowns to the running back position, which makes me like Camaro when that's, that's hard to predict from DFS for sure. But, um, he should get some pass catching opportunities there out of the backfield, but the Latavius Murray could end up being, being a nice GPP play as well too. Um, James Conner not expected to play, but then you got Jalen Samuels priced all the way up. Um, to 6,300, not a, not a position I'm going to be area. I'm going to be targeting there at all. Um, Nick Chubb, I kind of have some interest in him at seven K. Um, he's a guy that I usually find myself getting some exposure to every week, just because you're looking at the touches here. Like when I can project volume for running back, I'm going to play them, um, in tournaments and he's still getting double digit DK points without having to do much. Um, in the pass catching game. So, you, you know, he's kind of like Leonard Fournette to me, right? Like he's getting, he's getting volume um, and he's counted on in the offense. So like if, if they can, you know, get him some red zone, red zone scores, he could definitely pay off that price tag. Um, you know, can you got Kenyon Drake down here um, and a crazy price here on David Johnson at 5,700. I couldn't believe this when I, when I pulled it up. It's like one of the cheapest price tags you're going to get him. It's not a good matchup against Tampa Bay, no, but like pass catching work is what David Johnson should be seeing. Kev talked about low A dot. Like that's just crazy. I couldn't believe that he was priced down that low. Devin Singletary, it was nice to see him. I mean, Singletary and Montgomery here in the 5K range is where I'm looking because um, Singletary was out snapping. Uh, Gore by 20 finally so they're looking to get the young guy involved David Montgomery he's got a good matchup against Detroit he should be involved so I like kind of you know if you're going to be paying up for Christian McCaffrey I think you're kind of living in this 5k range to target a running to to pair with him Jamal Williams even um, has piqued my interest at 5200 and getting some shares of him in tournaments Uh, Kev we'll start with you here at running backs and and what say you at the running back position this week well you already talked about with McCaffrey he he should be like 12k in my opinion um with everything that he's he's done, I mean, he's been matchup proof. He is absolutely destroyed. He gets arguably his best matchup of the entire season. Packers have allowed the third most rushing yard, the second most uh, rushing touchdowns on the season. Um, they're not much better against the pass or against pass catching backs either. And I just don't know how you don't hammer in, you know, try to get up 50, 60 percent Christian McCaffrey, you know, above the above the field in terms of ownership, just because of what everything he's able to do. It is tough with some of the quarterbacks, high priced quarterbacks that you want to play um, to be able to get, you know, that much of him because you're going to have to make a lot of some sacrifices somewhere else to be able to get to him with what he's been able to do and the security that you get with him i mean he's he's a slate breaker every time that he's on the field and even at 10-5 that's that's certainly not enough for him um i like i said i think 12k is certainly you know somewhere where he should be um so the next one would probably uh saquon barkley at 8800 fantastic matchup against the jets the jets are just banged up they have nobody they traded you know 
one of their their better run stoppers and Leonard Williams to the Giants. I don't know. This James, this team is just an absolute train wreck, and this feels like a big Saquon Barkley week. My issue with Alvin Kamara is something that's already kind of been said would be the fact that he. Um, I don't know how much run he's going to get. I don't know how much opportunity he's going to get. I think with the as well as Latavius Murray's played, regardless of that he's coming off an injury or not. I, I think that Latavius Murray has earned this role, um, and I think he's going to get the Mark Ingram role here, and uh, that we all thought that he was going to get earlier in the season that just never happened. I think with as well as he's played, I think that that is squarely play and I think they, the two kind of cannibalize each other you know as you sort of mentioned with the Falcons um the Falcons you know have been good against stopping the run and pa- limiting pass catching work however if you do some some of that just does seem a little bit misleading with them because they haven't really been th- uh played or they haven't their their pa- the passing numbers against them uh, to running backs really hasn't been that high because you've been able to throw the ball against them so easily where I think some of that is a little bit of smoke and mirrors because teams can just air it out against them and they really haven't had to had to utilize a running back against them so I think some of that that's what has to do with more so than how good they are at actually stopping it so if you wanted to play Alvin Kamara, I get it. Um, but I, I just think it's a little bit too risky. Who knows how this game turns out? If they get up heavy, Latavius Murray's going to get a lot of run. And I don't think Kamara's going to, you know, could, could get there. So, and then if Latavius Murray was cheaper, if he was 6K or something like that, 5,500, I would have much more interest. But at 7,300, no thanks. That's just uh, a little bit too high for me to even think about it. Um, so, you know, last week we had the free square week, right, with with, with Jalen Samuels. He definitely didn't get there th- on the ground. But if you look at that backfield right now, it is uh, – I mean, everybody's hurt. Uh, it was, uh, the other running back was supposed to be Trey Edmonds. Now he's hurt, and he hasn't practiced this week. And, I mean, it looks like this could end up being all Jalen uh, Samuels' backfield. But I don't really love the price at 6300 now they have him no. priced up. And it's not a great matchup. But if he's going to get that kind of target share that he got last week, it's hard not to have at least some interest in him because if he finds his way – into the end zone it's at home in Pittsburgh you know like I said the amount of targets that he saw last week I mean it's really hard to not at least have some interest especially when he may be literally the only running back they have who's running out there and because uh Benny Snell has yet to practice Trey Edmonds has yet to practice this week and we already know that, J- uh, that James Conner is doubtful so at this point either they're going to sign somebody or I guess maybe bring somebody up off their practice squad but right now 6300 Jalen Samuels who might get 80 to 90 percent of the work out of this backfield and such a large uh target share it's hard not to at least have some interest in him even at that price tag so you know i think some of the other options you could go if you want to pay down at running back i think the best one who that a lot of people aren't going to be really going to play i think it's damian williams at 4900 right Mm -hmm. now looks like Jarrell casey has not practiced this week and he may miss if he misses that is a huge issue for that that run defense that they have there in tennessee and you know damian williams last week played over 70 percent of the snaps he had that big run for 91 yards and i i think this is might be his backfield now and that until he proves otherwise i I think that's how this is going to work and i think he's going to get a pretty significant uh touch share in this offense and with patrick mahomes back it opens everything back up for them we know they like to use him in wheel routes and stuff like that and design pass plays and so 4900 Damian Williams feels way too cheap for the upside that he carries and so 4900 I I'm I I really want a lot of that because I think that he can easily get on top of that I think the other one that is super interesting is Ronald Jones at 4300 um I think that we saw last week that they finally really committed to him against Seattle uh he he played pretty well especially at his price tag um I think he ended up 
I know he scored the touchdown, but I mean, if he's going to get 60, 70% of the snaps, like I'm all about Ronald Jones in this offense. I think even if you want to get a little bit different and, and really stack him, um, even I think that that's a, a way you can go at 4,300. I think that's another, another, uh, cheap option. If you're wanting to play these high price quarterbacks or the high price wide receiver, and then also Christian McCaffrey. Derek, where you at, man? Dude, I'm all over Christian McCaffrey. There's no way that you can't be overweight the field on him. But like Kev is talking about, and I'll open this up to the floor because I think this has to be addressed right now between all of us. At what point do you not really like want to overweight the field? Like how how expensive does Christian Christian McCaffrey have to get to where you don't want to overweight the field on him? Like I mean, y'all y'all, y'all throw that to me. Like I need to know because at ten five, it still ain't there, man. Like I can still find value, and I'm gonna wedge his ass in to every single freaking lineup. Like. The, the, the Packers are 32nd in rush DVA. That, that you can rip them apart in every single facet versus the running back. So, like, at what point are y'all not looking to get Christian McCaffrey? Is it 12? Is it 13K? Like, where, where are we at with this? Yeah, well, I think uh, I think what we saw with Gurley's crazy MVP year, he got up to about 12.5, I think, is is the highest that we saw. And I, I, I definitely have to look that up. But I, I, I swear I remember him being 12.5. Um, and Christian McCaffrey does more for the offense than than Gurley did at that time. So, but at I mean, twelve yeah, five, are you still going to have fifty percent or more? That's I'm, my thing. I'm, like, I'm still going to yeah. overweight. Like, I'm going to find ways, man. Yeah, no, I think I think the higher the price gets for me, the more that I'm going to be having him in GPPs over the field, yep. just because that price tag raising is going to get more people off of him, and then I just want that leverage play. I mean, I played him more than 50% of the week that he was going against San Fran. So like I, I'm, I'm all in, I'm, I love him. Um, I love finding ways, especially, you know, I, I still think at 10, five that people are like, I, I think this week is the week where people are like, shit, I've faded McCaffrey so much that I am looking at ways on those other teams to try and come up with scenarios to where maybe not having him is winning me a GPP, but there's no way if you're playing, 50-50s that you should not be trying to find a way to jam in Christian McCaffrey in your lineup. It just doesn't make sense because you're essentially, like we've seen wide receivers priced at 10K and this dude is the best running back and wide receiver that you're getting all in one in your lineup. So just plug him in and figure it out from there. In GPPs, I get it. You want to try and be cute and especially in the big fields, you're trying to take down 400,000 people. All right, be my guest. But as it goes, as his price starts to creep up, I'm going to get more exposure to him as the week go on because we're looking at the Carolina matchup, like the schedule, straight to schedule, and it's getting it's it's getting nice down the road for Christian McCaffrey. It's getting lovely. Well, I mean, the fact of it is, is how, how, how many guys, like maybe Mike Evans, but how many guys out of positional players that you can re- legitimately say have a – 50-point ceiling every single damn week. But there's not many, and Christian McCaffrey is one of them. So, I mean, I still think you hammered the field on this dude. He's 10-5. He's a lock. Like, I will overweight the field every single contest I'm in. Um, other running back plays I like. We didn't talk about Aaron Jones. I think that he's definitely in plays at 7-4. Carolina Panthers have been eviscerated by the run all freaking year. I understand that his, his volume is is not as good as some of these other running backs. But, like, Aaron Jones has shown the dude needs, like, 15 touches and he could break a slate. Like, that can happen. So, I don't yep. think that the Packers can pass that well versus this defense. I think this is a run-funnel defense. 
and that is how you attack them. Now, is Aaron Jones a cash play? No, he's more GPP for me because yes, you still do have the risk of Jamal Adams. I mean, Jamal Williams coming in here just vulturing two touchdowns from him. But does he still have the upside of giving you thirty-five points? Absolutely. I think a lot of people are going to gravitate gravitate to a lot of these seven K running backs. Like you got Chubb in a good matchup versus Buffalo. <coughs> um, we know that they're not going to be able to pass versus the Bills. Bills' run defense has been had all freaking year. I think if people come in underweight on Chubb, I definitely want some exposure there because everybody's talking about Kareem Hunt. I mean, we've seen with running backs just coming off the shelf, right, coming off the couch, and then being thrown into NFL games. Like, it's different, man. Being in gym shape and being in football shape, like your boy Maddie always says, like, <laughs> it's different, man. It's absolutely different. We've seen that with Melvin Gorham. We've seen it with other players. We talked about Patrick Peterson. Like, these guys coming off the couch and now in NFL games, you can't just automatically think that they're going to be in NFL shape. So I don't think that Kareem Hunt, like at least at this juncture, really hurts Chubb this week. So people are like, if he comes in sub five, sure, I'm, I want exposure to that. Um, I think people are going to gravitate to Ingram. I like Max matchup versus the Dolphins. But really this 5K range, I love Kev's call on Damian Williams because like he was talking about, Jarrell Casey was out last week. We saw what McCaffrey did. This week versus them, we know that Tennessee Titans have a good run defense, but without Casey, and in the, they are nothing but middle of the field. They're 17th versus pass-catching running backs DVOA. We've seen Damian Williams have a role in the pass game. I like that call. The other two running backs that i got to get up in here is David Montgomery, and there is no spot that I'm not going to spit some David Montgomery love, but at 5,300 going against the Lions, everybody and their mama has smashed the Lions run defense in the mouth. David Montgomery is going to get fed. He is he is second on the team in the last two weeks in target share behind only Allen Robinson. So you talk about you want exposure to guys that not only rush the ball, they have upside of 20, 25 touches on the ground. David Montgomery gives you that, and he's going to give you another four to five, maybe six touches in the pass game versus the Lions because, dude, I, I'm, I don't want to hate on you, Ryan, but they're, they're not going to put this in Trubisky's hands to win this damn game. They would like this. <laughs> if they want to go to the playoffs and this team still does have that chance, it's going to be on the back of David Montgomery and this defense. And Nagy knows that because he's seen Trubisky fall on his face enough times this year. The other guy that I got to talk about before I switch this over to you is Devin Singletary. The Browns have been able to get run on all freaking year. Devin Singletary, we saw this guy get 23 touches. He's the number one in breakaway run rate versus the Browns run defense that he's been gashed. Second level open field yards, they are giving it up. If Devin Singletary is going to come on, like if he's going to come in under own, like he is one of the guys that I love pairing with Christian McCaffrey, getting up to that 10-5 and then stacking these 5K running backs. Dude, give me all that. Like the three running backs, I try to narrow my running back pool throughout the week. And the three that I really want to jam into every single lineup is Christian McCaffrey, Devin Singletary, and David Montgomery. And that's where I'm at, guys. I, I love I love those 5K backs, man. I can't get away from them. What do you Cannot guys think? Get away from them. 
What, what do you guys think? Because I've heard a lot of people talk about this week when you speak of Kareem Hunt, of talking about Kareem Hunt and saying that he's he's a great play at three thousand at three k. I mean, I, no. I, I think that's terrible. But what, what, but my question is, what do you guys uh, think his ownership's going to be? God, I don't, I don't even too high. It's going to be too high. If anybody high. plays him, they're a fish. I'm just going to throw that out there. If you play Kareem Hunt this week, you're a fish. That that's just what it is. Like, what what do you project his touches at? Like, he breaks a run, like. His touch, he's not going to get more than 10 touches. Is anybody throwing out a medium projection of him getting more than 10 touches? Like, there's no way in hell that I'm playing Kareem Hunt. That's just not happening, man. It, it, you just can't do it. I mean, there's not even a, a, an established floor to justify playing him in cash games for because there's legitimately, like, tight ends that could get more points than him that are that price. So it's like, I, I, I can't do it. I really can't. Yeah, I mean, so, you would have to, I mean, it would have to be like a large field tournament and you just, you just want to get super weird because I mean, at 3K, yeah. he doesn't have to do a ton. I mean, he gets, because I mean, I think what ends up happening is, in my opinion, even long term, I think he takes uh, Hilliard's role and becomes a pass catching back, which is somewhat lucrative, uh, you know, and he is much better back than, you know, what Hilliard ever could be. So, I mean, if he were to get, you know, three to five receptions that finds the end zone at three. I mean, that's it's not hard for him to get on top of that. I just don't think he's going to have very much volume. And this is a, a fantastic matchup um, for, you know, for, for a secondary back uh, on this offense. And so I 100% agree. Like, I, I just think, though, I do have a feeling that his ownership is going to be higher than what people think it's going to, uh, what it could be. And that's crazy. I, I think that's yeah, going to be a, an issue because people are going to get on top of that. They're going to see Kareem Hunt. They're going to see the name. They're going to see 3K. And people are going to want to play him. I think you see well, him. I think you see him higher owned in the lower uh, the the lower stakes uh, tournaments, and then as you get higher, I think you're going to see his ownership drop dramatically. But I, I do think that in like lower field things, like you know three uh, three or three dollar tournaments and stuff like that, the one dollar, I think you see his ownership uh, higher than what it probably ever should be. God, it's crazy to even think about. Like to, to me, because I mean, you look at even like. The whole, like, even if you want to talk about E3Xs, whatever he costs, like, 4Xs, 5Xs, like, what is that really giving you, man? Like, you could even, like, play a, a wide receiver down in that range that's going to give you a higher ceiling than that guy. I just, crazy to me. And people talk about, like, well, all the, the edges in DFS. Like, to me, like, whatever his percentage of ownership comes in at this week, that's the, the still the population that you're like, all right, well, they still don't know what the hell they're doing. Like, if he comes in at 10%, 8%, it's like, dude, if you're playing Kareem Hunt, like, I, I don't know what the hell to tell people. Like, I, I can't do it. Like, if he luck boxes a touchdown, fine, he burns me. I don't really care. Like, I just can't do it, man. Like, there's just no freaking way I can play Kareem Hunt this week. But um, before we move over to positions, dude, I, I really got to give a little bit of love to that Jalen Samuels call. Like, 6,300, if all the other running backs in this backfield are dead, the Rams are 27th in DVOA versus pass catching backs, and that's what Jalen Samuels has done. I'm like, since Mason Rudolph has been under center, they're second in the league and in targeting the running backs. Like, they're they're only behind the Saints as far as like the the target share that the running backs are getting. So, if you're treating Samuel as like even like a wide receiver two in a running back spot, it's still a good spot, man. Like, the Rams are not giving it up on the ground, but that's not where Samuel's makes his hay. And if everybody is dead in that backfield besides this dude and he gets the goal line work too at 6,300, and if he comes in under own, yeah. I mean, I think it's a good pivot off of uh, all those 7K backs that I think have been more popular. I, I I just would rather find money to get up to some of these other guys in, in, in tournaments. Um, I don't mind I don't mind it from a cash play uh, because, you know, I mean, 13 targets is 13 targets, but it's like 
it, you know, the the Rams have a, a a much more athletic defense to be able. I mean, yeah, can they give up catches? Sure, but like I, I just think it's more of a floor play than the upside play because they're they're going to know that like you know, I mean, listen, we're, we're cool with our secondary playing man against these guys playing man against a, a guy like a Mason Rudolph, who, who's a dots, not, not large at all. And uh, we're just going to play it up and, and try and hit these dudes in the mouth to where um, they don't feel comfortable, you know, getting, getting big plays on us and ensure like the, you know, he can get these, these four plays of, of let's just say 10 catches for 50 yards. And, and then, you know, you're probably a touchdown, maybe two, I guess. And then he's, he's starting to pay off, but like at 6,300, I'm needing him to get like four, four or five X in a tournament um, for sure to feel comfortable about it. When I'm looking at guys like um, Marlon Mack going against Miami at home, like for $700 more uh, David Montgomery, a thousand dollars less at 5,300. That's just how I feel. But you know, We'll, we'll obviously see what happens. And David Johnson at 5,700. I mean, I just need to say that again because it's just way too cheap. It is too way cheap, but that matchup is about as bad as it gets. And how, 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 how what we don't know yet is how things are going to transpire now they have Kenyon Drake and how well Kenyon Drake did on the ground. And so I, I don't know what that means for David Johnson, especially for this season. And so, you know, David Johnson, I mean, and we've seen it before, right? Like we've been got by, by uh, Cliff Kingsbury before. You know, we've been got both ways. We've yeah. been got both ways. First time he he's playing and he went out and ate with with Chase Edmonds uh, expected to be the guy. Then second week, yeah. there, Chase Edmonds takes it away from you. So and the damn Cardinals Twitter account comes out and trolls everybody's ass. That's what happened. <laughs> well, you should have played Chase Edmonds, man. Whatever, man. Come right. on now, come so, on now. So the stuff uh-huh. and then and then, with as, ahead, as, I mean, and as tight as pricing is this week. I think it's hard to pay up from there to really say, well, you know, I'll just find a way to get up there because it's going to be tough. Like if you're playing Christian McCaffrey and then thinking that you're going to play, uh, you know, another 7K uh, plus running back, you're going to have to make some serious sacrifices at other at other positions. And you're going to probably, because again, this week looks like when you look at the pass catchers, uh, you know, the wide receivers, like the, the absolute best plays right now are looking at, at the top. I mean, if you want to play Michael Thomas, who's in a smash spot against the Falcons, you know, I mean, how are you going to be able to get in all these guys? Sort of the same conversation we had last week, but I get it. You could drop down further than that and not play him, but, but really playing any of these seven K running backs. And then I think the last thing would be, is it going to be more? Cause we haven't like the last couple of weeks. There haven't been as many running backs that have really kind of uh, went off, right? Like Christian McCaffrey's kind of been the one guy. But if we get now, because th- there's some of these guys that are up here, you know, like you mentioned with Aaron Jones, who has the capability of, of putting up or matching Christian McCaffrey. He's done it this year against Green Bay. Um, Saquon Barkley, we know, has uh, the ability to to do exactly what, what Christian McCaffrey has in a fantastic matchup against the Jets. You know, like. Is it more lucrative this week to not play? I mean, because last week, if you go and look at it, even though as well as Christian McCaffrey did last week, I mean, the there were multiple lines in the in that big in the in the big uh, GPPs that did not have Christian McCaffrey that took down tournaments last week, and so I get it with Christian McCaffrey, like his comfort uh, that, that you get with him, and that knowing that his floor is is what it is, but in tournaments. Like I feel like maybe pairing two seven k wide or running backs might be a better, a better, somewhat a better strategy too, or at least looking at that. And if if you're wanting to, like I, I already said, like I love Christian McCaffrey. This is a fantastic spot. But 
we said the same thing last week about Dalvin Cook. I guess to play a little bit of devil's advocate, I guess, and say we all thought Dalvin Cook last week was in an yeah. absolute <laughs> tremendous spot, and it didn't pay off, right? Now, I'm not saying that that's going to happen to Christian McCaffrey. That's not what I'm saying. I guess I'm just you know trying to be a little bit devil's advocate because it's easy to say, well, Christian McCaffrey's in a fantastic spot. You play him 60%, and I get that. That's a, but at the same time, if you're wanting to get a little contrarian, how would you do it? And, and would it be to not play Christian McCaffrey and to play Saquon and Aaron Jones or or whomever in the 7K range uh, that allows you to pay up a little bit more to get more into the, the the wide receiver group, you know, where if you want to stack Drew Brees with Michael Thomas, with uh, run it back with Julio Jones, you're not going to be able to do that and get Christian McCaffrey in your lineup unless you're just going to play absolute uh, stars and scrubs. You're not going to be able to do that. So how would you get contrarian if that's what you were going to do? Well, so the way that I kind of attack that is like if you go – Christian McCaffrey, the way that I'm looking at, like, my, my RB core is real tight, like, looking at guys that are in good matchups. And I like looking at explosive run rates and, and play rates because if you're looking for that ceiling, that's why we get that, boys. Like, those big plays, that's what we want, you know? So those bottom of the uh, the field kind of plays. David Montgomery's in a good spot. Like, Devin Singletary's in a good spot. <clears throat> you roll with CMC, you roll two 5K backs, you're allocating about 20, 20 21K of your salary. I think a lot of people are going to sit here and go with like two of those seven K backs, like you're talking about. But I think like like going with Christian McCaffrey, who has that fifty point upside, and pairing him with two of those five K backs that can get you twenty five points each, is a good way to be different off the field off of guys that are going to like say, all right, maybe I'll wedge in like a seven K back and another seven K back and one of these five K back. And when the salary is like it, it's different. But that's the way that I think you'd be get different. You you go a little bit of stars and scrubs like you're talking about. Like I think it's McCaffrey to the five K backs, and then you could pay up for some of these wide receivers. Yeah, yeah. You just got to find a way to get McCaffrey in. I mean, he just means so much more to the offense. And you got Dalvin Cook there, who's dealing with two stud wide receivers that they are trying to feed the ball to. I mean, no disrespect to DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, but like they are going to McCaffrey first and foremost in every way shape or form when they get in the red zone when they're you know first down second down he he just has so much of a workload that it's so hard for him to to fail kev like it's it's just an it's just so hard for him to fail. Whereas like Dalvin Cook, like, you know, we saw that he was piling up yards, but if he's not going to be, you know, targeted um, in the red zone there, then he he's not going to pay off of that $9,500 price tag. But McCaffrey. We've seen like, McCaffrey's floor though. Like when Cam died, we've seen his floor. It was what, 21 points versus Tampa in the hardest yeah. matchup versus the league. And now he's in the nuts matchups. Like, what are you doing to run back, Kev? How are you going to be different this week then? Well, that's, that's my point. And if I was, I think, because again, I, I would be looking at target running backs because like I said, Saquon Barkley can easily match what Christian McCaffrey does. And if he does that, uh, you're going to be, depending on how your roster construction goes, you're going to be in a world of hurt at 8,800 as considering he's almost $2,000 cheaper than what Christian McCaffrey is. Again, I'm not all of a sudden trying to advocate to not play Christian McCaffrey. I said it. No, right? no, I don't want to play him. My point is, is though, is, is, is that this can easily go sideways. Like I said, like we saw it last week with David, Dalvin Cook. We can come back now and, and play devil's advocate with it and say, well, you know, this is why it happened. And, and we knew that. No, everybody thought Dalvin Cook last week was an absolute smash play. And that's why his ownership was so high. And this is exactly what we think with Christian McCaffrey. This stuff happens every single week, 
where where there's a play like this or everybody's like, oh yeah. And it feels like this is kind of like the first week that I can like that really everybody's on Christian McCaffrey. And this feels like the week that, that it doesn't pay off. My point is though, is that if you're gonna like I said, is if it's for me, is I would play Saquon Barkley and I would be over the field on him and be let an underweight on Christian McCaffrey or and be able to then I could easily play a Marlon Mack or a Nick Chubb or an Aaron Jones. And because if, if let's say Saquon and you know, because the way it happens is, is if Saquon goes out and puts up 30 and Aaron Jones gives you 30 and you get 60 from them, but you get Christian McCaffrey who gives you 40, but then you paired them with, let's say, Let's say let's say Devin Singletary. Devin Singletary. I mean, Devin Singletary is certainly risky. I mean, yes, he he has been explosive mm-hmm. and everything else, but that could easily change. And it, he's not some sort of lock. And so, if he only gets you ten, well, now you're now you're fucked because because of all the 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 money that you spent to get up to Christian McCaffrey, where the money that was saved paying up for some of the other running backs or going into the mid level tier. Kev, if you don't play Christian McCaffrey. This week, or, that's not or my point. My point is though, we can't, send we can't me, just be like, because this is going to be heads. no. Send the point, head to heads, please. Listen, send me all the head to heads. Listen, no, listen. I did. I will. I have said this seventeen times already. I'm not advocating to not play Christian McCaffrey, but let's have a conversation about how to get a little different because every single podcast this week is talking about the same thing and saying the same thing, and so giving a different perspective. Wrong play, I didn't say that it is. Just because somebody is disagreeing with something, I'm not saying that. To McCaffrey, you can get, dude. I played McCaffrey and Dalvin Cook both in the cash lineup and hit the cash point because I just jammed them in, jamming the guys that you know are getting the volume. And don't think about it. You can play Christian McCaffrey at 10 5 and Saquon at 8 8. You can do that with wide receivers that you feel comfortable with in volume. So if you want to talk about those wide receivers, we can talk about them. Go ahead, Derek. So the, the the difference between CMC and, and Barkley, I think, is a little bit different. Like them, their snap rates are the same, but the touchdown equity that they present is a little bit different, man. Like CMC is, if they get in the red zone, that that's the dude. Like he he, they're going to him in the ground on the pass. Like it is happening. Like ever since Daniel Jones, like this is not the same kind of offense that Eli Manning was just dumping down like targets to to Saquon, like. Since Daniel Jones took over under center, five targets, five targets, 10 and eight. That's not the same kind of equity. And plus you're talking about like touchdowns. Like Saquon has zero, one. He has a two touchdown game, zero. Like I don't think that he's presenting the same kind of touchdown equity that you get at a CMC. And that's where I think the difference is in the price. Like, I mean, I I, I get the snap rates and I get the usage. I think that the point ceilings are a little bit different here. And I think that the way that you attack the Jets are a little bit different. They don't give a shit. They don't care if you throw over their ass like all freaking day. But they want they, Adam Gase cares about two different things, and that's running his offense slow as shit and stopping the run. And past that, he don't care about nothing. So, like, I, I just – I don't know, man. Like, I see a divide there, but I could be wrong. Like, I, I get what you're saying about everybody saying to play CMC – but, like, if this was a year or so ago, we're talking about Wedge and Gurley. It does not matter the matchup. You pay up, you get him. The touchdown equity, the matchup, it, throw all that shit out the window because he can still get three touchdowns and he's going to get there. And that's, I don't know, man. Like, CMC feels like he is on this trajectory to have this just God mode season. 
and now he's in the nuts matchup. My point, point, I've said this uh, about 18 times now. I'm not saying to not play Christian McCaffrey. I've not said that. I've said if you're not playing. No, but you're just just taking the between Barkley and CMC is bigger than what we're talking about here. I think the divide is bigger. If you're if you're if you're if you're building one lineup, you're feeling pretty good about starting with Christian McCaffrey and then figuring it out from there. Yeah, I agree. I'm not disagree. My that wasn't my disagreement. It was I feel like that it, that because of Christian McCaffrey, we say okay, play this guy. Let's talk about a few other guys and then let's just move on because we're all playing Christian McCaffrey this week. My point was is that okay, well, what if you want to get a little contrarian and not play him? Let's say you're 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 playing 20 lineups and you want to you know your your other 40 percent that you're not playing Christian McCaffrey. What are you doing? How, how are you attacking it? And who what plays are you trying to get in there then? And that, that was my only point. My, I was never saying that do not play Christian McCaffrey. That was not my point at all. It no, was, no, I understand. The yeah. podcast that I've listened to already and with this one, they're all kind of the same narrative, and, and it's all the same thing, and I get it, and I get why. But my point was is if you do want to get contrarian and you don't want to play Christian McCaffrey, what, what are the ways you're doing it? And that was it. I, w- I, would be, I would be looking to, as I started off on the podcast, play Jameis, play Mike Evans, play Chris Godwin. Because that that is a way where you can soak up like a hundred plus points out of three guys easily, easily, and be feeling good about the rest of your builds if, if you hit on it. Like right. that that's so like that's last an week whenever because, it was because as Derek said, like we've seen Mike Evans upside too, hitting yeah. fifty, Chris Godwin hitting fifty, and you're taking these two guys that combine point totals and they're hitting 50, 60, 70 combined. So, to like what what Kev is talking about, okay? Not to I know I, I came on here and said I was going to give Kev shit, but I get what he's saying, and I guess to, to to further hammer this down, I feel like if you're going to get contrarian and you're talking about finding ways to find the same ceiling, but not McCaffrey, I feel like you have to stack Michael Thomas and Mike Evans in the same lineups. I feel like that's a great way to do it in the sense that. Like we talked about, how many guys present a 40 or, I mean, 40-point ceiling? How many guys can you name off the top of your head that give you a 40 or 45-point ceiling every single week? Michael Thomas can do it. Mike Evans can do it. Who else? Who, who else like well, can, can well, give you with, the with, same type of ceiling that Christian McCaffrey presents? There's not many. Kill. So you exactly, or you attack Tyreek Hill because if he goes under own versus Tennessee, who is getting a lot of love, like their their defense is not good, man. Like Malcolm Butler, who is not good, broke his wrist. He's out. Okay, Tyreek Hill could just go bonkers, like shitastically crazy this week and get three touchdowns. Like you stack those guys that give you that forty-five point ceiling. In the same lineup, that's how you get different, I guess, to better answer Kev's question, mm-hmm. and that's how you attack it. Yeah. So, like we saw last week, basically with Rus- the the Russell Wilson, Tyler Lockett, and Mike Evans stack, and that that's how people were able to do it with not having Christian McCaffrey. But this week, you, you say, do through it the floor, or, or, you go or, with or, the having Christ- or having Christian McCaffrey in the lineup because you could have. Right, I know, of course, yeah. but they, yeah, I'm just saying there were multiple t- there were multiple people who took down tournaments last week that did not play Christian McCaffrey. Well, the, the, the way is, is that you look at the ceiling, you say, screw the floor, I don't give a shit about right. that. What is these guys' absolute freaking ceiling? What is the tip top of what they can score for you? Some of these guys, it's only 30 points. Like, that's all they're going to give you, even in their best freaking weeks. 
Like, yeah. even Tyler Lockett last last week. That was his first two touchdown games since freaking 2015. So nobody could have told you they saw that shit coming. So, like, other guys, like, on this Slater every single week, like, you attack the ceilings, and if they hit those ceilings, then, yeah, you, you, if you don't have Christian McCaffrey, he, he he rolls in 25, he rolls in 30 points, and these other guys, uh, you know, smack box you like 50, yeah, you're lapping the field. Yeah, I mean, I get it. I get it. I mean, another guy who, I mean, it's not, maybe not 50, but when we're talking about wide receivers, Cooper Cup, uh, 7,300. There's no Brandon Cooks, probably, or I think he's ruled out now officially. So it's going to be Josh Reynolds, Robert Woods, and Cooper Cup. And you're looking at tar- the target share that this guy's been getting. Come on. I mean, 10, 9, 6, 17, 15, 12, 9, 10. Um, th- this guy has a definite floor. And it- it's really like, is he going to score touchdowns or not? Because you get two touchdowns out of Cooper Cup, and you're looking at 40. Um, just off of what he's been doing in the receiver re- receiving uh, production. So yeah, paying up for wide receiver and trying to get some of these running backs who are in good spots, who are not going to be high owned um, can, can help you with that. Um, especially the way the tight end position shaping up as well too. It looks like another, another pay down at tight end week. Um, but yeah, I mean, let's, let's talk about wide receiver and these guys at the top, because these are, you know, last week we didn't really feel good about the highest price guys were Kenny Galladay, Tyler Lockett, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. And now we get guys like Julio, who's back on the, back on the slate at 7,500. Um, he feels too cheap with getting his quarterback back, Matt Ryan. He's got a hell of an upside. Mike Evans is 7,600. It's still, it's still way too cheap. I don't understand like what this pricing is on Mike Evans. It's ridiculous. The dude goes out and puts up 45, gets priced up $600 to 72, puts up 39 and only gets priced up 400 to 76. So like, how, how are you, how can you fade this guy right now? And like Patrick Peterson was getting obliterated in covers last week. And so they really have no guys out there that have any that, that want to play defense at all. So um, love Mike Evans, love Chris Godwin, love trying to get them both into lineups because what you're getting out of them, you know, Cooper Cup is right there. Like I said, Tyree Kill, you know, and Tyree Kill was a guy that I always like targeting on the road. Um, you know, you try not to get married to these home road splits, but he has popped off in some road games um, in his career. So in a, Pat Mahomes back. Um, this is really going to be the first time since week one that we've seen them both on the field together. So that could be some fireworks there happening in Tennessee. Um, you know, and then, and then, you know, if we're talking about paying up for running back, we do have some cheap wide receivers. I think that we have to talk about Zach Pascal is pretty much going to, to have the offense here. I think tight ends a little banged up for Indy as well too. So, you know, he, he seems like a pretty viable play there going against Miami with the high implied total that they, that they have the Colts. That is he's 5,300. He should get a lot of work. Christian Kirk, Kev, you mentioned it. He's only 5,200. This feels too cheap. Um, Larry Fitzgerald is 55 and he has done absolutely nothing. Um, But his true catch rate is still up there. Um, He is still Larry Fitzgerald. So I I still do believe in him. I want to have some shares of him in this matchup because it is so good. Um, And at 5,500, why not? 
So I, I like getting to him. Sammy Watkins at 5,100, that feels a little bit too cheap for what he's doing, even when he had Matt Moore. Um, eight targets, 10 targets in back-to-back weeks with 12 catches, um, you know, double-digit fantasy points there without getting a touchdown or double-digit DK points, that is. So I, I like going to him. Um, Devontae Parker with no Preston Williams. I believe Miami will have to throw a lot in this game on the road there. He's 4,800. Love going back to him. Tyler Boyd. I, I was playing Tyler Boyd at 6K, so I can't talk I can't talk about not playing him now when he's 4,700. A.J. Green's going to be gone from this team. Tyler Boyd's the future. He's going to get that new contract. Um, so, you know, he's got a pretty solid target share there, um, creeping up in double digits uh, in two of the last four, over double digits in two of the last four. So I, I like getting to him on some teams. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I do love and, and Calvin Ridley getting exposure to him, too, at 5,400. He, he's GPP only because his floor is absolutely non-existent. He has no floor whatsoever, but there's no Mohamed Sanu now. So. Uh, we could see him getting a little bit of extra work. So I I love the 5K range on DK for wide receivers still. Um, Taylor Gabriel, I have some shares of him. He's 4K. He, he's been getting um, – he's been running the same amount of rounds as Anthony Miller, nowhere near what Allen Robinson is doing. But he seems to be Trubisky's safety blanket right now as they really don't have a tight end that they can rely on. Trey Burton is, is dead, as Derek would say, and Adam Shaheen is trash. So uh, Taylor Gabriel, he's a splash play waiting to happen every week at 4K. I'll have some exposure to him too. Derek, where are you looking at for wide receiver this week? I love Michael Thomas. Like I said, like I think you attack the Falcons through the air. Uh, talked about Tyreek Hill. I mean, dude, the, the, the secondary for the Titans, like they are 11th in explosive pass rate over the entire season, but in the last three weeks they're 20th. You can absolutely get over them. I mean, we saw Mike Evans just punk them a few weeks ago. So um, I like both those wide receivers. Uh, still, I mean, Evans and Godwin, obviously, you talked about it. They're in play, man. I mean, the, the ceiling that they present every single week. I love Christian Kirk. Since uh, he came back from injury, 29% target share the last two weeks. He leads the team in air yards. Larry Fitzgerald is absolute dust, man. Like they're, He's just running out there. There's no ceiling or floor that, that, that Fitz presents at all nowadays. Marquise Brown, I gotta talk about him because if you're looking at Jackson, I think even you could roll Marquise Brown just like as a one-off. Like I, he mm-hmm. has a just immense. Like we saw him in Week One, man. Like he can run 12 routes, and it doesn't freaking matter. Like he can have three catches and still get 150 and two touchdowns. Like that is absolutely in play. We, um, I mean, I, I like Marquise Brown, especially if you're stacking him with with Lamar Jackson. Other cheaper options, Robbie Anderson. I know he burned a lot of people, and myself included, last week. But we know that if he does get the targets, it's going to have the air yards underneath it. He is going to sit here and – I mean, he's a big play waiting to happen. I'm not averse to going back, depending on how my builds look this week, to him. Because I promise you, like, everybody got burned on him last week. They ain't going to want to go back to him this week. The yeah. lowest bottom-of-the-barrel guy that i got to get up in here. And I, I talked about Daniel Jones a little bit. <sighs> All right, so I, I, let me wind up for this. If Daniel Jones gets there this week, I think it's on the back of Darius Slayton. He's at 4,200. He is a guy that when he, Evan Ingram is out, Sterling Shepard is out. When the when Evan Ingram has been off the field, Darius Slayton has commanded an 18.9% target share. 
He has led the teams to become a starter on the team in the last four weeks. He leads them in air yard. The Jets secondary is absolute, and I can't I can't stress this enough. They are trash. <laughs> Tremaine Johnson is dead. They're running out Harrison and Roberts. Those are the guys he's going to see on the outside, and nobody's going to want to touch this dude because he didn't do anything. I know he had a two-touchdown game a few weeks ago. But he didn't do anything because he had Byron Jones in his back pocket all last week. Darius Slayton is a guy that I'm going to have a ton of freaking exposure. We're talking about salary relief and how you get up to these higher price guys. Guys like Darius Slayton that, re- that present like high, super high air yard ceilings and have target shares that could come out of nowhere – like, this dude has had a game where he had eight targets, and he could have it this week. He is a guy that I am I will overweight the field on this week, and I will absolutely – I don't care about the floor. I, I'm chasing his ceiling this week. So that's where I'm going with wide receivers. Okay, yeah, jump I, on in. I completely agree with uh, Darius Slayton. He was somebody that I was going to talk about. But, yeah, I, I love that call. I definitely think that he's somebody that can – somewhat similar to what we saw with, like, Preston Williams and stuff like that last week. Uh, you know, 4K wide receiver that really goes off. I think he could be that guy. I've kind of uh, had some interest in, in, in him, especially lately. But uh, he's certainly somebody – A lot of people, not a lot of people know about him. Super athletic wide receiver. Um, there was a lot of talk about him in the preseason and everything else. So, it's good to see that he is uh, – I, I think this is maybe his best spot of the year right now that, that I think that he could really exploit and he's going to have no ownership, but you know, to not really, uh, you know, beat the drum. Like, you know, I completely agree with the Thomas, the Michael or the Tyree kill call. I've already talked about Chris Godwin. I think this is a Chris Godwin week. I love playing him. Um, for me, I think Devonte Adams is 100% in play. We know he's still Aaron Rodgers favorite target and this is at home 6,900. I think that's a little bit too cheap for him. I think he can easily get on top of that. So if you don't want to get up there to the, to the super high price, Guys, I think 6,900 Devontae Adams um, I think is a, is, a, is a good play. I do, I do think you could go back to Allen Robinson just because of his ridiculous target share that he gets, even though that I think he did absolutely nothing last week. He still loved the team in targets. Um, so if if this turns out to a little bit more of a shootout like we've seen with Detroit uh, lately, I think that Allen Robinson at 6,300 uh, is certainly a way you could go. Um I want to play Odell Beckham, but you just can't at 6,100. It's hard not to want to play him. It's kind of like David Johnson at 5,700, but I just can't do it. Um, <clears throat> and then, you know, you, I, like I said, I already talked about Christian Kirk. If you want to stack um, Lamar Jackson with Marquise Brown, you can do that. Now, for me, in terms of the, low, the lower uh, tier, the 4 and 3K wide receivers, um, a couple of them that I do have some interest in, I think one would be Devontae Parker. I don't love it. But at 4,800, no Preston Williams. He's certainly going to see uh, even more targets. He's been still one of uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick's favorite targets. I think inside the red zone, I think he's an option. Um, so 4,800, Devontae Parker uh, carries some intrigue for me. So I wouldn't go overweight on it, but I do I do think that that is a place you can go to. McCall Hardman is is another is another option at 4K. They try to uh, dig, come up with different ways to get the ball in his hands with with uh, Patrick Mahomes back. He's somebody that can easily take one to the house relatively easy at 4K. So I think you could do that. You know, he's somebody who it wasn't that long ago who he, he was 5300, 5200. Now he's down to 4K because of they really haven't been uh, utilizing him as much. But it's also been Matt Moore in the offense. Now we get Pat Mahomes back. Yeah, I I, th- I think uh, McCole Hardman, you know, could easily you know house call a seventy yard touchdown. Um, now the three K range I think is interesting because you have Josh Reynolds who's thirty eight hundred, and with no Brandon Cooks, you know, I, I think that this is a place you could go. Um, I don't love it. We see Josh Reynolds last year, and even Brandon Cooks, to be honest with you, I mean. 
really wasn't fantastic at all this year. Um, Josh Reynolds is, is a bigger uh, is a bigger wide receiver, somebody who probably will, will uh, get targets inside the red zone. He did get targeted la- uh, not last week; they were on bye, but the week before. So that's the way place you go. The one I really think is super che- uh, uh, is way too underpriced with Drew Brees back with. Um, you know th- this high pl- implied point total. Oh, Kev, I love it. I know where you're going. I love it. It's Ted Ginn at 3,700. I don't know if, yes. you're, if if you're wanting to get into this game and you're wanting yes. to get exposure to this. How do you not play Ted Ginn at 3,700? You know, with everybody wanting to play, uh, you know, whether it's Julio, whether it's Michael Thomas, I think you know going uh, Ted Ginn at 3,700. Who it's hard to look at his numbers because he's been paired with with Teddy Bridgewater, who has no arm all year. So it's hard if you look at his numbers, you you don't see much deep targets. And everything else for him because it just hasn't been there. But now that Drew Brees is back with this matchup, Atlanta's terrible at stopping deep uh, deep throws. Ted Ginn at thirty seven hundred. I don't know how you don't hammer that. There we go, Kev. Kev, I love it. I love it. He he was actually I had it written down at the very bottom and I forgot to talk about him. I love that call. Absolutely love it. He's he's in my dummy lineup for that stack. Yeah, love it. Yeah, I just he's just um, it's just. I don't see a way you can't play him at 3,700. I mean, he can easily smash. Oh, yeah. Um, Oh, yeah. And then I guess if you wanted to get like super contrarian, like Albert Wilson at 3,300 without any Preston Williams, uh, you'd have to be pretty desperate to do it. But if you're, you know, if you have a a lineup that you love and you're looking to save some salary somewhere, $3,300 Albert uh, Albert Wilson without Preston Williams now in the field, I think he probably, uh, you know, sees an uptick in targets. And, you know, he is explosive and somebody, I mean, he's not necessarily a deep threat, but somebody who's great at yards after the catch, you know, I don't love it, but it's super contrarian, but $3,300 Albert Wilson, if, you know, if you just happen to, you know, you know, you only have thirty-four, $3,500 left and you're, you're looking for a play. I, I don't hate the, uh, you know, playing Albert Wilson. Yeah. I'm looking to see, I mean, we got Alex Erickson down here too at 3,900, um, oh. who's, you know, it doesn't doesn't make you feel comfortable, but I mean double digit DK points in in his last three games and still you know. Oh, but dear God, man, Ryan Finley under center. Whew. I know. Yeah, I know. Well like play, I, you might as well play Auden hey. Tate. What did you say? You might as well play Auden Tate then if you're gonna do that. It's fair. He's at four K. Yeah, I mean, well, I th- I think that Erickson's the the more of the low low A dot play, right? I mean, even though he's more bust, like. I, I think that Erickson, you can probably get more um, if you're if you're trying to build up and pay for running backs and you're looking for just targets. I mean, I would play Boyd in cash for sure over any of those two. But Erickson has been there. Yeah, as somebody the- who was like hammering preseason DFS and I was like rolling out target shares and stuff, I'll, I'll I'll get this in here real fast. Everybody with Ryan Finley is a low A dot play. I'm just gonna throw that out there. <laughs> you know, like that dude is a check down machine. The man. Thing That's is, all though, he does. This 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 Baltimore secondary is disgusting now with Jimmy Smith and dude. Marcus Peters and Marlon Humphrey. Marlon Humphrey is a top five cornerback yeah, like in who, this league. Like that dude is damn legit. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I think Jimmy Smith. I mean, maybe, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, <laughs> there's no good matchup here. It's not like there's no. like, what do you want to target this guy? No. No. It's it's hard to talk myself into playing any Bengal, like a, a, any any at all. Like I, the, the the Ravens could absolutely just stomp a mud hole in Cincinnati this week. All right, fair fair enough. Um, I went to see. A, I, no, I think we I think we talked about everything written down here. I, I was going to mention it looks like Curtis Samuel uh, practiced this week, so I was going to mention yeah. DJ Moore if Curtis Samuel was going to be out. Um, 
but but yeah, no, lo- love that. Uh, let's move on to tight ends, and you know we we got our high priced tight end and t- Travis Kelsey back on the slate, so he's sixty four hundred this week. No Evan Ingram, so we don't have to worry about him. We could cross him off. Next highest price is Austin Hooper, so you're saving nine hundred dollars going to Austin Hooper and what should be a premier matchup here as far as just target shares go and and with the high end high uh over under here i could see him getting garnering a lot of ownership um at only 5500 he's you know won people some weeks um he definitely you know his floor seems pretty safe um so austin hooper i don't think is a bad play at all mark andrews was a guy i found myself getting to some um the target you know you're not liking what he did there in new england but it is new england um and so I know he was battling with some health injuries here uh, in week seven, week six. So um, he, he's some guy that I just feel like Lamar Jackson's targeting. So if you're if you're playing Lamar, um, getting yourself some Mark Andrews exposure, I, I love that. Um, the the tight end position for it, uh, Tampa Bay and Arizona is absolutely we have to talk about it. So OJ Howard's thirty three hundred. He's been uh, fully in practice, and Cameron Brates actually priced higher than he is. Um, you know, LJ Howard's been a disappointment all year. Um, there's no way, no other way to slice it. But at 3,300 going against the worst team against tight ends, I don't I don't know how how you can't get it, some exposure to him. Um, I, I like getting myself to some LJ Howard. I always like paying down for tight ends. So um, I like the matchup. Mike Gusecki, um, I don't feel good about it, but I'd much rather play him than, than Albert Wilson, Kev, to be honest. Um, just as what we saw last week against the Jets and going against Indy, having to throw. Um, I, I do I do like that um, a little bit more there. It makes me feel a little bit more comfortable with it. Um, and Jared Cook, too, uh, in some New Orleans builds. I saw myself getting to him as well at 4,100. Uh, just seems like a good spot and, and the right spot. So, uh, Kev, what are you doing at tight end this week? Pretty easily with Austin Hooper. Um, I do love him. I mean, he's like we already talked about. I think you're going to see. I I just I, I think that he is probably has you know the, the highest ceiling on this on the slate among tight ends. Um, not named Travis Kelsey, and he's only 5,500. I don't know why he has not been priced up among. We really haven't seen it all year, and he's been the most consistent high scoring tight end we've seen all year. Like consistently is getting targets, it's, it's seeing red zone looks like, and he, I mean, he feels like he should be a 7K tight end, and he just really hasn't ever got there this year, and he's only. 5500 like I have no problem with doing that we don't have Evan Ingram um and so you know I would start there and then after that you know like I do I like the Gasicki call I think I think that is one place you can go I mean I want to play OJ Howard I really want to play OJ Howard but man it's it's I, I just it's so tough they just he just hasn't seen any targets and yes the the matchup is there but I don't know. I mean, he is 3,300, but I, I'm really curious to see what his ownership is going to be because I think it's, again, I think it's going to be higher than what it should be. Um, I would rather just drop down to Gasicki, who is also seeing, who is seeing uh, some a pretty solid target share in the offense. We saw it last week. Um, big athletic tight end. Now there's going to be more targets open and available to him without Preston Williams. And, you know, I, I think he could feast here in this matchup against, against the Colts. And then if you really want to get cute, I think Red Ellison who is only $2,500, the, the nut minimum, uh, you know, with this late scratch of of, of, um, of Evan Ingram. And, I mean, he's seeing not great target share, but even last week when Evan Ingram played, I mean, he, he saw five targets a couple weeks before that. But then after that, you know, week six, he saw seven targets. You know, I mean, I don't – 
It's, again, it's not a great play. It's one that you hope that he just finds the end zone, maybe gets you three catches, 30, 40 yards. But at 2,500, he's a salary saver. And I think, you know, the, the I, I don't hate the Derek, where where are you finding yourself on tight end this week, week seven, or week 10, excuse me? I, I think it's narrow for me. I mean, I think any kind of a Holmes builds, I think you got to get Travis Kelsey up in there. I think Tennessee is middle of the road. And if you look at Travis Kelsey, dude's been super, super unlucky as far as tie up, but just touchdowns go. I mean, this guy has gotten targeted in the red zone and out of the guys that have been targeted in the red zone, the 14 players that have gotten 13 or more targets in the red zone, like he's got no red zone touch. Like he's going to score twice this year, but none of it's been because of red zone work. So if you're looking at a regression candidate, then I like to play. Um, I mean, I'm probably going to have minimal exposure with Kelsey. I like Hooper because Saints have been middle of the road. They're 19th at DVOA versus the tight end. I think he's the best cheat piece out of that game that you could target. As far as the other plays that I'm looking at, Mark Andrews is in a good spot. I think that the target tree for the Ravens is very narrow. We've already seen that Cincinnati is 28th in DVA versus the tight end. I mean, Andrews played the Bengals before. He had six catches, 99 yards. He was that close to the bonus, and he just stopped and died. And so – I, I mean, I think this could be a good spot. The question that you have to ask yourself if you're getting Andrews in there is, does Cincinnati present a good enough matchup, and do they do enough to make Lamar have to throw? And that's the question that you have to answer for yourself if you're willing to play Mark Andrews. The guy that I think that presents a really interesting pivot off a lot of these two guys, it, it, well, actually two players right here, is Gerald Everett at 4,500. If you look at the Rams over the last their last two away games, they've ran their two highest percentages of 12 personnel of the entire season. Gerald Everett got 10 and 11 targets in those games. Now, we know that Jared Goff is terrible. He's terrible on the road. Now, whether this is McVay trying to load up heavy personnel and, he, and he's giving him easier looks, in those two games, Cooper Cup, got a, he dropped the snaps into the 60% range. And so Gerald Everett, I think, presents a very interesting call and a, and a, and a low on play this week versus Pittsburgh on the road. I think that he could be a guy, if they roll out the 12 personnel, he's a guy that, that that's going to not carry any kind of ownership. If he gets a touchdown, we see the target volume repeat itself again this week, and we see the trend extrapolate itself out for a third game. I think that he's a guy that nobody's going to play. Um, the other guy that I'm looking at right now is TJ Hawkinson. In the three games that the Lions have played against favorable matchups versus the tight end, like we saw last week, they played the Raiders. DJ Hawkinson has had 58% of his target share for the entire season versus favorable matchups. Right now, the Bears are bottom in the league in DVOA versus tight end. They're 27th. So I think that if the Lions are going to want to move the ball in the air, because we know they're not going to be able to move it on the ground. like They don't have a running back that's going to sit here and command volume or be able to do a damn thing. Stafford and these pass catchers is how they're going to put up points. I think TJ Hawkinson is a good pivot. I think at 3,900 for all of the Mike Gusecki calls this week, I think that for 800 more, I like Hawkinson a lot more. I I, I get all the Gusecki love, and, and I, I, I like the guy. His athletic profile is just – it's insane. And he's actually getting targets now. I just – oh, my God, man. For the Colts – who in the past have run a really zone-heavy scheme. In the last few weeks, they've been running a lot more man. 
Mike Gusecki just feels like a trap to me. So I'm willing to pay up if I have to sacrifice a DST or move some things around in my lineups. Like I'm willing to get up to Hawkinson over Gusecki this week. And that's kind of where I'm at with tight end. All right. I mean, yeah, it's <laughs> this is how tight end's been all year. So so no surprise. There's only only a couple options that we're we're feeling really comfortable with. Um, let, let's wrap it up with defense and, uh, and, and Derek, we're definitely happy to, to get you on and build the team with us as it is uh, a tradition for, for each guest to, to come in and, and do that. So we got defense to, to round out this week 10 slate that, that we have here on DraftKings and, and no surprise, we got Ravens at the top on the road going against Cincinnati, who's rolling out Ryan Finley there. And even at the top, they're only priced at 4K. It seems like they've been priced because the Ravens defense really wasn't anything to write home about um, earlier on in the season, really struggled um, after that Miami matchup, 4-0, negative 1-5-5, but uh, has really bounced back late against Seattle and then New England, putting up 18 and 13. So the Baltimore D seems like just a premier spot. Um, to go to if you're, if you're building, you know, 50-50 lines. Just don't even think about it because they're not really they're not really priced up. But in GPPs, we talk about not paying up for paying up for uh, defense and, and kind of getting down there. So, you know, the defense that I would feel comfortable with, I feel like in, in rolling out, well, there's two, I guess, that I'd feel comfortable rolling out in GPPs. And that's probably the Giants at 2,800 and then the, the Browns at, uh, where are the Browns at 2,500? So the Browns are at home against Buffalo. Uh, Josh Allen has has shown us that he can turn the ball over in road matchups as well. And uh, Cleveland D was one I found myself getting last week and, and kind of disappointed, disappointed there, only getting five at Denver. But now they got a home matchup here. Um, I'm, I'm hoping they can, you know, make some plays. And at 2,500, I don't think they're going to kill me too much. But at 2,800 for for the Giants, I mean, the, these guys are, are are playing really well. Really like the way that their secondary is playing. They got an interception in three of their last four games. They're getting to the quarterback, except for last week against Dallas. Um, but we know Dak is able to avoid, you know, pressures and, and scramble a little bit. And he was doing that. Um, now they're going against Sam Darnold, uh, who still sees ghosts. So if, if Casper's out there on Sunday, then uh, we could see the Giants really paying off for that $2,800 price tag. Derek, what say you at defense? What are you looking at? Dude, my lock button defense right now is the Steelers at 2500 I love them. They're playing at home. They're top three in the league in adjusted sack rate. They're forcing turnovers with Minka in the backfield. They are sitting here getting interceptions. I love they're, I mean, dude, they're they're almost the defense that I'm probably going to play on a weekly freaking basis. Like their rest of the season schedule is just stupid good. We like I talked about, Jared Goff has been terrible on the road. They're forcing pressure. When you pressure Goff, he's absolutely god awful. I love the Steelers, and it's really hard for me to get off of them this week because considering how cheap they are and their turnover potential. The only defense that I would possibly, because I'm a huge defense, like pay down, embrace variant, save the salary, get up to other players. Because if any of these defenses, like we've seen, like luck box a touchdown, then it doesn't freaking matter, man. But like, it's really either Steelers or Tennessee Titans as a leverage playoff of the Chiefs this week for me. And I'm really, I mean, for me, it's going to be hard pressed to get off the Steelers. I mean, just straight up. Yeah, I, I, I hear you on that, man. They definitely have been. Um, wrecking havoc there with that front seven um, getting pressures. Kev, where, where are you at, man? 
the Kansas City Chiefs, 2,700. Uh, I, I think they should be higher than that in this matchup. Um, the Chiefs defense has uh, been able to finally start to get pressure on the quarterback. I think over the last three weeks, they have uh, 20 sacks. Uh, had ten or nine or ten against the Broncos, and they've had at least four or five in each of the last two weeks. That's without they did not have Frank Clark. They just got Chris Jones back last week. Um, I think this defense is going to Ryan Tannehill can easily throw you know uh, turn the ball over multiple times in this game, and so I, I love the Chiefs defense, and they're going to have to get a little. Um, they become ultra aggressive. So at 2,700, like I said, I think they should be more expensive than that. And then from there, like if you really want to get super, super cute, we saw, we can, you know, we kind of talked about it like with the Redskins and stuff last week. I think if you want to play the Falcons, I know it seems crazy in this matchup, especially a team that's the 32 implied point total. But if it is a back and forth affair, it, you know, anything can happen. They can take one to the house. And, you know, at 1,500, if you really want to save up, like, you know, I, I'm all for that. And I think you could do that too. Um, so yeah, that right, but right now I'm playing chiefs. If I could figure out a way to get to the Ravens, I would do that at 4k, but the third thing that I want to do, I don't think that's going to happen. So, you know, you could go with Indy who's cheaper at 3,500 against Miami, you know, and then I do like the call of the Steelers. Mm-hmm. And then I think the giants is the way you could go to. Yeah. yeah I, I like the chiefs call Kev. I really like that because I think the chiefs are getting a bad rap. I think the last three weeks there, if you look at DVOA and stuff like that, anybody want to wedge in Derek Henry and stuff like that and attack that rush defense. They're doing the wrong thing, man. I think the Chiefs are, on paper, a bad defense. But I, I think that's only because the Sharps are, are going to be playing the Chiefs. Uh, I think that they are a lot better defense than they're showing right now. Or at least uh, as far as if you look at metrics, they're a lot better defense over the last three weeks than people are giving them credit. Gets a double dip there with Tyreek Hill. He takes one back. Yeah, right, a little bit. They, I they, mean, they haven't really been utilizing him that way. They really haven't been <clears throat> utilizing him in that way. Um, that he did last week. They finally put him out there for a couple of for a couple of um, punts, but it's really been McCall Hardman who's been the punt returner there. Well, I think a good way to be different too. If you're talking about Kev, you re, you're giving some love to Damian Williams. If you want to pair Damian Williams and the Chiefs defense, I think it's a good good little stack there. Yeah, de- definitely, definitely. Um, all right, fellas, that's that's our that's week ten. That's week ten in a nutshell. So ninety minutes in, just doing the early look slate there. Um, on the week 10 from DraftKings perspective, um, def- definitely good good to chat there. So before we get into uh, building our uh, our week 10 lineup, uh, definitely want to plug the Slack chat. So, so Kev's been doing a good job of keeping the Slack chat um, up and running. And, and guys have been in there, you know, talking plays throughout the week. Um, it, it's been a lot of fun. So so hit us up at DJ Nation Pod on Twitter or hit Kev up at FantasyRat13 uh, to get in that Slack chat. It is free. Um, so, you know, there's that. You don't have to worry about that. Um, we also are doing a listener contest for the first time this week and, and don't want to do um, – too, too much to plug it because I know Kev wants people in the Slack chat. But if you want to get in on that listener league, you know, get into our free Slack chat, find out how you can get in. And uh, we'll, we'll gladly have you there. Um, $5 listener league contest. This is the first one we're doing ever for the DJ Nation pod. So we'd love to have you guys involved over there. So so definitely hit us up. Get that in. Have to have to plug the Slack as always. Um and we can build this week 10 lineup, guys. So this is going to be fun. Um, normally, we enter this into the Millie Maker. We're going to enter this into the 300K uh, this week. So the mini Hunter season special, which is nice for our episode 66 lineup. And uh, Derek, with you being the guest, you are going to start it off for us and kind of dictate how this lineup will be built. So 
any position is yours for the taking if you want it. Um, let's have at it. I'm going to stroke my heart on this week, and I'm going to go with Darius Slayton. I've got to get him up in there, man, 4,200. That's the guy that I'm, I'm, I'm loving this week. Let's do it. 4,200, Darius Slayton goes in, doesn't take too much. Kev, go ahead, man. How are we running? Chris Godwin, 7,400. Um, so, I, so I like that, and I, I'm going to go with Jameis here uh, as well at 6,800 at quarterback because uh, Chris Godwin's putting up points. Quarterback's got to give him the ball. So as we round robbing this back to me? Yes, sir. Yep, that's right. All right, boo-boo. Let me give you the run back. Uh, Christian Kirk, 5,200. Kirk goes in. So we're looking at about 5,280 remaining salary for each player. I'm going to go David. I got it to one of two ways where I think Kev's going to go on this one, and I want to see if I'm right. Go ahead, Kev. I'm going to go David Montgomery. Ooh, damn. That's not where I thought he was going. I love it. Love it. Oh, let's see. It's on me. It's on me. I mean, damn, I'm planting my flag on him. Let's see what we can do. Put put three in here on this team. Oh, this is my gift. We we got we got too we got too far in. <laughs> Enough's enough. We can't be playing Kirk and and Slayton and Montgomery. They just it just shapes up too nicely. So throwing throwing Christian McCaffrey there. Trying to build 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 you that those savings, man. So was it back to me? Uh yeah yeah it's on you Derek so we got tight end uh, flex. All right let me see um flex DST where are we gonna go with this um screw it I'll give some love let me get some savings man Steelers DST first week I'm gonna get exposure to Steelers D so definitely love that uh Kev on you what we at <coughs> all right I'm gonna lock in Ted Gant oh man all right well we don't I guess we don't have anybody so that's fine. Uh, I'll go Ted Ginn, 3,700 in the flex. Ooh, we're going to have some sour left over, right? I mean. We might be able to pay back up at some of these spots, man. Whew. Yeah, I mean, let, let's see what we can do here. Because if we're playing Jameis, <coughs> then let's just see what we can do with O.J. Howard. We still have 1,000 left. So we could upgrade somewhere. We could go. We could not play O.J., I guess, play Lamar Jackson naked. Y'all seem to love that. Could go Breeze and Cook. I don't, I don't playing Breeze without Thomas, though. But you got a thousand left over. Thousand left over. Um. Wait a second. Wait a second. You know what we could do, but we wouldn't. We wouldn't be running it back. <clears throat> As you could play, we could do. We could go to Breeze. We could play Michael Thomas. We could keep Ted Ginn in the flex instead instead of Godwin. And you'd still be able to keep go to Breeze and go up from Godwin to Thomas. I like it. And then keep Ted Ginn in the flex. I like it. Or, or how much you got left? Two hundred. Do you want to run it back with a Falcon? Is a question. I mean, you think I, don't, I don't know. If you have to. I don't think you have to, man. If you think Breeze and Thomas get there, you don't have to. Because I mean, you could play. Because we do have enough for Calvin Ridley at fifty four hundred. And then what you could do, I guess, would be have to drop down a little bit from OJ Howard and play. Um, you could play Austin Hooper. And then would still have drop drop down from who? So well, I said if we had, we we'd have fifty four hundred left there if, if that's what you did. So then you could pay a hundred dollars more for Austin Hooper, and then it would give you thirty two hundred. You probably have to run double tight ends, I guess, to be able to do it. So I don't know. I guess it'd get a little tricky to do that. But or you um, just take the Steelers D, take the two hundo, and go up to the Chiefs, and call it a rip. It's whatever you want to do. Good I'm, just, 
Yeah. yeah whatever, whatever you guys want to do. I just I was just throwing out there different scenarios. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm more, I, I like Kirk. I don't know how y'all feel. I like Kirk more than Ridley this week because I do think Lat uh, follows Ridley. Um, so yeah. I, I, I do like Kirk a little bit more, but I don't know how y'all feel. Yeah, Kirk's pretty pretty cheap. I mean, I feel like one of him or Fitzgerald does get there in this spot. It, it's just so nice. Um, I, I I do love either Godwin or Mike Evans. I, I just have been doing it every week, getting one of them on either lineup. But Michael Thomas with Drew DeVee's back in this matchup is nice, um, and his ownership should be should be down. Uh, I don't know how many teams are going to be running, you know, Thomas and McCaffrey in the same lineup because I just don't know how many people are going to be playing guys like Darius Slayton and Ted Ginn this week. You know what I'm saying? So, like. Well, I think I think if Breeze gets to the three touchdowns, hell, if he, if he gets four, you got to yeah. believe that Ginn's getting one of those. Right. And if Thomas gets two, I, I like it. So right now we got the team at Breeze, Montgomery, McCaffrey, Darius Slayton, Michael Thomas, Christian Kirk, OJ Howard, Ted Ginn in the flex, and then Steelers D, 200 left salary. I'm, Kev, I'm to you, do we go Steelers? Do we go Chiefs defense? It's on you, baby. I think Steelers, I know you want Chiefs. Go ahead. No, I mean let, let, let's stay there. I mean if you like it, let, let's stay with the Steelers. Um, I think okay. I don't think many people will go there, especially with the Rams. And I just don't think a lot of people will do that. So yeah, I think Steelers is pretty contrarian. I think they'll carry less ownership than what the Chiefs will have. Um, and okay. yeah, I like that call. Let's go. That's entered in. That is going to do it for the Week Ten DJ Nation podcast, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in this week for episode 66. We got to thank our special guest, Derek Brown, at dbro underscore FFB is where you can find him on Twitter. Please go follow this guy. I mean, if the stats weren't enough to draw you in that he was spewing this week, then I don't know what will. But he is doing some good stuff there um, over for the Quad Edge. Um, got a couple podcast hits I know that you're holding down, Derek. So we appreciate you coming on and spending the time with this man. Hey, man, look, anybody that's not seeing the video feed right now, we got beer games all strong right now. I'm loving yes, it. Sir. Thank y'all for having me. This was a, this is a blast, dude. I mean, this is a good times. Uh, I, I love the back and forth. I love all the contrarian plays. I love talking with sharp fellas. Appreciate it. Let's do it, Kev. One more last word for the people. I know you get, want to get one in. Just get contrarian this week. Watch. We're, we're going to come back next week and be like, I'm just going to I'm just going to sit there and do this. When I, right, when we, right when we start, I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to sit back and just stare at you. <laughs> well, Kev, final words. Send me those head-to-heads. Send me those head-to-heads. Hop in my DMs, Kev. Uh, guys, free Slack chat. Get in at FantasyRat13. Head up Kev Steele or the DJ Nation pod on Twitter. We'd love to have you there. Make sure you're downloading, rating, and reviewing the podcast on your podcast software. Hit us up on YouTube. Subscribe to the channel. Like the videos. And with that, good luck to you guys in week 10. We'll be back for week 11. Me and Kev holding it down. Until then, best of luck. We out. Peace. Think you can tell me what to do? Know who you're talking to? Well, you better get used to it.